Hi, and welcome back to another episode of The Talk with me, Chef Michael. So happy you came back for another episode because I got a fun one today uh, here with a friend of mine that I actually met on Clubhouse. So I'll tell you all that in a minute. But before we dive in, I want to give you a little bit of information. First of all, if you want to learn more about the podcast, this episode or any other episodes, go to chefmichael.com slash podcast. And as I always say, that's chef-michael.com because some jerk owns Chef Michael. Um, and of course, you'll find uh, lots of stuff there, you know, more information about our guests and all the links and everything you need. So chefmichael.com slash podcast. Also, if you feel like you're getting some value, you like what's happening in this podcast and you want to support me as well as get tons of bonus content, join me on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash chefmichael, where you can be a member and get all the bonus episodes that come with it, as well as some free stuff, which we all love. Finally, thank you so much to our sponsor, Redmond Real Salt. Guys, you already know I use Redmond Salt in my kitchen all the time. I genuinely mean that. You know that if you watch my Instagram, but there's a few reasons for that. Number one, it tastes fantastic, which is most important to me as a foodie. But number two, it is all natural. It's coming from an ancient dried up seabed here in the US, in Utah, in fact, and it's got over 65 trace minerals as well as a nice diverse set of electrolytes. So you can get in those electrolytes just by including Redmond Real Salt in your cooking. What's kind of cool is now they're in almost every grocery store in the country. In the spice aisle, you'll find bags or bottles of Redmond Salt. If you can't, or if you're interested in some of their other awesome products, including electrolyte supplements, toothpaste, face masks, mud baths, all kinds of cool stuff, go to redmond.life, that's redmond.life, not .com, and put in the discount code CHEFMICHAEL for 15% off your order. Thanks again, Redmond, for supporting the podcast. Now, my guest today, like I said, she's a dear friend that I have made on Clubhouse, which by the time this airs, probably more and more people will be kind of diving into this new app, but it's a really cool way of connecting with people all around the world, live in real time. And it's kind of weird. It's invite only. It's in beta right now. It's only iPhone users. It's this early, early um, launch of this app, but it's really cool. And I do a morning keto uh, kind of support and check-in room every single morning. And that's where I met Autumn. She joins me on stage every day as one of my co-moderators. She's super knowledgeable. She's also a fantastic content creator and the founder of the Watch Autumn Keto YouTube channel, as well as on social media. So she's just really great. I'm really excited about this conversation. Um, so let's dive right in. Hey. Oh my gosh, you look like a movie star. That bike, that backlighting is everything. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you. You look like a movie star too. Oh, <laughs> I should have got my um, other webcam, so my HD cam, but I look okay. I think it, oh it's no, like a it's filter, fine. you know. It's a filter, yes. Well, that's okay. You look amazing. Thanks for being here. By the way, we are recording. I didn't give you a warning, but I should. I, uh, mean, I, I figured if if it was going to be video, it might as well have been recording. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, you still got to say it, right? Oh, I agree. Um, well, thank you so much for being here, Autumn. I really appreciate you coming on the show. I, I gave you like a little bit of an introduction, um, before you popped on camera. Uh, I was kind of talking a little bit about Clubhouse actually, cause that's how we met, which is, mm -hmm. uh, kind of cool, right? Yes, it um, is. It's crazy. 
Although I've heard of you long before that, but I was like, oh, my God, Jeff same. Michaels on Clubhouse. What? <laughs> Please. No, same. I've, I've loved your YouTube videos. And uh, I think it's really cool that we got to connect and get to know each other. Um, oh, and by the way, uh, if you see a delay on your screen for my video, I don't know what's going on. Just kind of like look at the camera. Don't look at me if it's distracting okay. you. Okay. No, no problem I don't, at all. I, I am definitely a pro at staring into the lens and not you looking at yourself. That is one of my family's like that they are not pros. And so every time I know we take pictures, they're always looking at themselves and not at the lens. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, mm, amateurs. But yes, no, I got it. Thank you so much. Well, it's fu it's funny you brought that up. You definitely are a pro at being on camera. It's it's um it is like this weird talent of its own, just like dealing with it all and like staring at a lens and talking to it. It's not as easy as it seems. Well, but see, that's the issue. I didn't understand that it was difficult for people. You know, like to me, I'm looking at this little hole and like, it's my best friend. You know, like I like there, I, it's just comf it's comfortable. I know exactly how to talk as if I'm talking to a person, but a lot of people do struggle with like, I'm just looking into a lens. It's not the same. And I didn't realize I that know, was a talent. Funny. I'm very grateful that I have that talent. I just didn't realize that not a lot of, you know, not everyone can do that. It's true. You know, it, it, like, and this isn't even with like videography or YouTube, but I, I was just in a zoom meeting, um, before we recorded unrelated to this podcast and, I, I was paying attention to the fact that I was like looking at myself in the zoo with the other two people. That, okay. I, it, that makes me sound really vain, but like I had to like move my screen so that my bubble was like closer to the camera lens. So, it's like, I think that's like a human condition thing. Whenever you see yourself, like your eye gravitates toward yourself. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm glad I just have the, like, I'm looking at the lens. I don't care what's happening right here. I know how to focus on the lens. Exactly. And for those of you guys watching or listening, I am just staring at a little lens as well right now. I have no idea what Autumn's doing. I don't really know what I'm doing right now. Um, if you're watching the video right now, I'm looking at the screen. So it would, it would be really awkward to film a video looking away from you but, the whole time. But, but, but Chef Michael, now I'm looking at you and that's what everyone does. They're looking to the side. They're looking down away. I'm like, how do you not realize that the entire video, you're not making eye contact with the audience? Don't get I know. me started. I know. I know. Well, you get it. I mean, I, I think yeah. when you start making video content, obviously, we are in a weird bubble where that's like what we do. Um, but it's definitely a strange thing. And even now, it's still strange. Like, even when I was in that Zoom call, and I'm, like, used to being on camera, but there's something about it where I was like, oh, oh, how do I look? Like, I don't know. And I'm not vain. I don't even, like, look in the mirror ever. I don't even like what I see in the mirror. That's a whole other topic. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a funny thing being on camera. So uh, it's nice. You're so comfortable with it. And that comes with practice. Like, I used to hate the sound of my own voice. And now the sound, the sound of my voice in recordings is now, like, what I hear like they've they've merged. Does that make any sense? It's like a it brain make, thing. It makes absolute sense because you are correct. Before we could just record ourselves on video with the with the push of a button, whenever I would hear myself recorded back, the sound from my head did not match the sound Awful. I was watching yeah. come out of my mouth. But you're right. I never realized until just this moment those voices have merged. Like wow. They've merged. <sighs> That is it's nuts. it's weird. It's just our brain. We're used to hearing ourselves like in our skull cavity, but yes. it it is still the same voice. It just yeah, it's it's definitely yeah. shocking. Most no, people that's don't crazy. Like You're right. I've adjusted to the sound of my own voice because it really did used to annoy me. But I think it annoyed me because it was different. I was like in my head, I sound cool. Like I sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but when I hear yes. that voice, it doesn't match my body. But yeah, you're right. It's the same one now. That's amazing. 
Well, we got way off topic. I was, I was, <laughs> well, this is fun. I, I love, see, this is the, this is why I wanted you here. Cause like, we just have so much fun together. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about how we met on clubhouse, but before yeah. we even go back to that, um, I want to give our viewers or listeners, um, who may or may not know you, I just want to give you a chance to voice, um, who you are. I mean, I did say your name, but like, you know, who you are and where our guests can find more of you after the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. My name is Autumn from the YouTube channel, Watch Autumn Keto. I make videos and resources all about my health and weight loss journey on the keto diet. I started keto in September 2017 after, you know, a lifetime of being overweight. Uh, I really, it really didn't affect me, I would say, until I was diagnosed with uh, Crohn's disease in 2015. And in, for two years, I was asymptomatic. I didn't have any issues. But in 2017, that's when I really started to correlate how what you eat directly relates to how you feel. Like I always knew that you could use food as a lever to control your weight, eat more, gain weight, eat less, lose weight. But I never put together that what you ate can control how you felt. And, and when my Crohn's uh, symptoms got so out of control, I noticed it was right after I ate. Every single time I ate something, I felt horrible for a couple hours. And it got to the point where I didn't want to eat because I didn't want to feel bad. And coming from a food addict, like where my brain wanted to eat, you know, it was just I did not want my body to have to catch up with those feelings. It was really, it was torture. So uh, in July 2017, I literally Googled food to help you feel better because that's what I realized was making me feel bad was the food. And you guys, I was on a diet. I was eating lean cuisine pizzas every day. I was eating hundred <laughs> calorie packs of Oreos. Okay. I was dieting. I was doing everything right, you know, but I still felt horrible every time I ate. And, uh, the first video that popped up was, uh, Dr. Uh, Eric Berg uh, talking about keto. Uh, and then I just went down this YouTube wormhole about keto and the anti-inflammatory properties and, you know, and how it was healing people's like bodies and brains. And oh yeah, people were losing a ton of weight also. And I was right. like, those are all things I want to do. I want to heal and I want to lose weight. Like, wait a minute. And so I took the time. I did some research. I put, you know, I made a strict meal plan of the first month of this is what I'm going to eat. And then in September, 2017, I started the keto diet and I've never looked back. Let's go. You got me fired up. There's so many things I want to just like react to that you just said, but we'll, we'll start somewhere. Um, you know, you hear the saying within the keto community, but this isn't just a keto podcast. So we're going to have all kinds of listeners. So we hear that we talk about this a lot in the keto community, come for the weight loss, stay for everything else. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so true. Even within that though, I want to go a little deeper because you just said a couple of really fantastic, well, you said a lot of fantastic things, but Come for the keto, stay for everything else. We also hear with keto, you know, energy levels and um, anti-inflammatory properties, but Crohn's disease and in general, I think uh, gut health is something that is not discussed as much as it should be um, in the keto sphere, if that's a word. Um, even for myself, although I haven't been diagnosed with it, with a, a, any kind of digestive disorders or inflammatory disorders, um, I had chronic belly aches and bad like for years i was trying to identify what it was i for a while thought it was lactose intolerance then gluten and gluten sensitivities then yada 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 and then it's like i think within two weeks of going keto and i don't even mean like clean keto i don't even mean like doing everything right like just like two weeks of kind of cutting out the sugar 
And I started noticing really vast changes in my digestion. I really don't get stomach aches anymore. Like it's, it's unbelievable. And I think that's um, inflammation, sure, within the digestive system. I also think it's eliminating really difficult to digest foods. I think there's a lot of reasons. So since you brought up Crohn's disease, let's talk about that for a second. And I'm no medical professional. However, Same. talk to me about your experience with Crohn's disease, Crohn's disease, as well as other sort of digestive and gut health discoveries that you've kind of made through this process. Yeah. So my dad uh, has Crohn's disease. And so to me, that literally like growing up, I had no like frame of reference for what that was other than dad spends a lot of time in the bathroom you know like that's oh mm. dad's in the bathroom Crohn's disease I that's as that's as, as connected as it was you know I hope I hope uh, your dad watches this exactly. <laughs> so you know Crohn's disease doesn't get uh generally it doesn't get uh diagnosed or doesn't develop until like your early to mid 20s uh and so you know, I really didn't think anything of it because I had never had any symptoms ever. Uh, but I guess in the back of my mind, like I knew it was a possibility. I have three siblings. So we're like, Hey, we keep an eye out. You know, it could happen to any, you know, to any one of us. So what happened was I was, you know, back in 2015, I was really hard in the gym. Like I've always loved exercising, you know? Uh, and I was, I was really hard in the gym and I just felt this little pinpoint of pain in my abdomen. I literally thought I had like pulled an ab muscle, like at the gym. I was like, Ooh, those sit-ups got me hard. You know, I had this little pinpoint of pain and it didn't go away, you know, for about a week. I was like, normally soreness will go away. Uh, and then, uh, it didn't go away. My mother Thank goodness for moms, right? She was like, go to the doctor. It's not going away, right? And so I went to the doctor and because they knew of my family history of Crohn's disease, I went, I got a CT scan and I literally, I left, I, I, I typed on my computer to my uh, coworkers, hey, going to the doctor, be back in two hours, you know? And I went to, to get my CT scan and I stayed there. I had to stay there for the results. Like the doctor like the, the receptionist was like, your doctor's on the phone. And I was like, what? That's odd. So the, I took the phone from the doctor and she was like, Autumn, go to the hospital right now. And I was just like, what? Wait a minute. Whoa. What are you talking about? Like, Whoa. I'm fine. You know, she was like, Autumn, go to the hospital. I'm calling a bed for you. You need emergency uh, intravenous uh, anti-inflammatory medicine. You're, you are like basically a snap away from a bowel perforation. Your intestines are inflamed and they're scarring and it looks horrible. Go to the hospital. And I was just like, ah, you know, like, am I going to be able to go to work the next day? You know, like she was like, look, pack a bag, get a backpack. You know, like you're going to be in the hospital for wow. three to five days. And I exactly. I was just like, but what are you talking about, though? You know, and that. And we talk about that on Clubhouse a lot. And that is just one of those, just because you don't look sick, just because you don't feel inflamed, doesn't mean that like stuff's not going on in your body, you know? And so literally I hung up the phone. I was calling my mom crying. I was like, she says I have to go to the hospital. I don't know what's happening. You know, like my mom drove me to the hospital, like with a backpack and a pillow, like I was going on a sleepover, you know? And I spent, uh, you know, the next five days in the hospital receiving uh, anti-inflammatory medicine and things like that. Uh, and they were basically like, so you have Crohn's disease and this is your life now. And that's when I learned all about yeah. autoimmune disease and inflammation and things like that. Even then they didn't mention, you, you know, they told me to actually have a low fiber diet, you know, and I was like, that goes against 
everything I've ever been taught, especially in the diet and weight loss culture is like, have a high fiber diet. But they were just like, your intestines are so inflamed and scarred that they're actually closing. So your body can't process and push all that stuff through there. And it was the first time that I really realized when I was eating and feeling bad, that was, that was the result of the food I was eating. First of all, the food I was eating was keeping me inflamed, but also just making its way through my intestine. I could feel like I could feel it with my nerves and it was wow. just horrible. Exactly. So, you know, eating, uh, eating keto not only has helped me, you know, it, it makes it easier to eat because the fat is, it actually moves through your system easier than like, you know, lots of, uh, vegetables sure. and things like that. Right. So, and, and I you know, feel like and a lot of also, the protein, your body actually absorbs more. Exactly. Than- yeah. And then and then just the anti-inflammatory properties uh, as well, as in it, it's not inflaming my body every time I ate something, you know. Uh, and so just learning about how my intestines work, how your gut works, how bacteria works and how it affects everything that goes on in your life, right. in your body. Like, honestly, I didn't learn that when I was diagnosed with Crohn's. It just, you know, in typical fashion, it's like you have this disease. Here's your medicine, you know. And so. It really wasn't until keto that I truly learned about how food affects your body and how food is supposed to affect your body, right? And how our bodies are supposed to function. And so yeah. it's it's crazy. And and I'm like I said, I'm it grateful is. to keto for a number well, of and, reasons. And this this idea of food as medicine is a huge topic right now. It gets thrown around a lot. And Crohn's disease or not, using food for gut health is a super logical thing. Like you know gut health and what you eat, but it's so weirdly not discussed as much as it should be. I mean, obviously you kind of like hear like eat a lot of fibrous foods or take fiber, like the orange drinks or Mm -hmm. probiotic, uh, pills, which aren't really super effective at all. Um, another example of like kind of the, you know, not to sound like a, like a conspiracy theorist or something, but it's like, man, I keep doing episodes on different topics and it keeps coming back around that the medical industry seems to be behind a lot of these practical tools. And, um, and you know, and I talk about that with my community all the time. We were just talking recently about how, like, how just frustrating it is that we, you know, especially in America, we take such a reactionary approach to using Mm. food as a preventative measure of our health. You know, it's, we never change our diet until we get diabetes or until we get diagnosed. That's the first Uh, time our doctor says, even then people, (laughs) well, but by by that time they're in their mid fifties and sixties and and they don't, they, they haven't put it, they can't put it together, you know? And, And especially if your doctor's like, well, just take this pill and you can keep eating what you want. You know, I remember like a, a couple of years ago, I was sitting with some of my family members and we were eating and he was talking about this, all these pills and shots he has to take uh, because of his type two diabetes. And I I was like, you know, if you just like, you know, ate fewer carbs and sugar and, you know, you could like completely control that without medicine. And it's the same reaction. Well, I'm an old man set in my ways or, oh, I'm going to die sometime. And I don't want to be tortured until Hmm. then. And it's just like, wow, like we really have normalized this culture of like eating trash and fake food to the point where like we're willing to die to maintain it. And I was just like, not me, not today. So, you know, like the blinders are off. Yeah. 
Yeah, completely. You also mentioned inflammation in general. I, I think um, inflammation is a huge topic. And like, I feel like we're in Clubhouse right now where I'm like, we should do a whole room on inflammation. Um, you know, but the the idea, I think when a lot of people hear the word inflammation, they think swelling, which it is. Swelling is a big part of inflammation. Uh, you know, I feel inflamed. My cheeks are, I woke up, my cheeks are puffy. So I mean, you can see in your hands or your extremities. Swelling is a form of inf inflammation. But I think you had hinted at this uh, earlier. A lot of the inflammation that we talk about with keto or the anti-inflammatory results that you'll find with keto are, mm -hmm. are more internal. Not oh, only internal, internal to our internal organs, but we, we really talk about like down to a cellular level. Um, how important is inflammation, not just for someone with like Crohn's disease, but just like kind of on a journey to health? How do you well, feel about this as a topic? Well, in my opinion, it is critically important because once again, not uh, only when I got diagnosed with Crohn's did I realize that it's an inflammatory uh, bowel disease. And I realized that it's it's an autoimmune disease that, um, and everything, there are so many other diseases that fall into that category, rheumatoid arthritis, right. eczema. These are all the same disease manifesting themselves in different ways. Mine happens to be in my gut. Someone with arthritis, it's the same thing going on in their joints. Someone with uh, eczema, it's the same thing going on in their skin. I was like, wow, all of these things are the same thing, but we're not, you know, we just take these medicines to treat it, but we don't look at, inf you know, and like how we can stop the inflammation to begin with and realizing inflammation is just your overactive white blood cells attacking foreign mm -hmm. stuff in your body. Like, you know, that's, I realized like, you know, the doctor says your white blood cells in your gut don't know what's good and bad. And so it's attacking your good intestine and that's what's causing it to scar. And so by not having those foreign bodies and by not having that foreign food in our body, it gives it nothing to attack. And so we don't see those uh, inflammatory symptoms. So it, it is critically important. Most of the things going on in, in health uh, today is just due to inflammation and people, you know, they wouldn't, they'd rather take medicine than, than realize that they can control exactly what's going on in their body just by what they eat. Right. Well, you know, in many ways, this applies to a lot of the a lot of the topics we just ran through. But in many ways, it's easier as a patient to just think, well, if I just take this pill, I'm fine. I don't have to actually make any changes in my Change life. Um, and mm. there's, you know, I'm not shaming anyone. This isn't about that. But it's an honest discussion, I, I think. And you kind of mentioned it with, especially as we get older, it's like harder to get out of our ways. There's also like cultural things like. If you're from the South, the idea of not eating whatever, you know, or if you're from a certain country, the idea of not yeah. eating. I'm in Kentucky rice. And, my, and my grandmother still is like, oh, I forget you don't eat anything. And I was like, that's not right. true, but, you right. know, <laughs> like, so, yeah. Um, what do you use, like, practically speaking? So, obviously, diet being uh, key here, I understand mm -hmm. that. So, what are your sort of uh, practical approaches towards uh reducing inflammation both in diet and are there any other ways that you kind of supplement uh, to keep your inflammation down? So uh, it's mostly diet and what I eat. Uh, and I also do take medicine. So, you know, I, I'm a believer they can work together. You know, one shouldn't, one shouldn't like solve, you know, either or everything. If you can resolve it of all course. with food, more power too. But medicine is Oh, and good, we're not, and not we're not saying here, 
Yeah, and we're not you saying you don't take that medicine. Like med- yeah, no, no. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. so really just I found that with my diet and my and lifestyle and then the medication that I'm on, like I've literally been symptom free for a couple of years and and I just I'm just keep doing what I'm doing. Cool. So what are some anti-inflammatory foods? Or kind of the inverse of that and or what are some foods that you know to be kind of like inflammatory triggers? Yeah, I can definitely talk about the ones that I stay away from, which really I got uh, it. It's, I've been keto, like I said, since 2017, but I did not even then realize the bad um, the oils that were that is in or in most of the sauces that we eat. You know, the canola oil, um, the the safflower oil, the peanut oil, vegetable oil. Really realizing, and I think it was in Clubhouse where <laughs> where someone said like that. It's not even real food. Your body doesn't know what to do with it. It's not even real, you know? And so I stay away from all of those oils uh, and and things like that. Uh, And then mostly for me personally, they're not inflammatory by any means, but really thick, you know, uh, vegetables will upset me. But I really just make it a point to have, uh, you know, a lot of fat uh, things to soothe my stomach. Uh, And then I do eat a lot of red meat. Sometimes it's, you know, steak, sometimes it's ground beef, but those just really work well for me. But I, I avoid those oils at all costs. Yeah, same. It's funny. You mentioned 2017. I think I started keto. I hope I'm right about this. 2018. I think it was maybe May or June of 2018. So I'm a little bit after you, but Mm -hmm. same story. I didn't know about, I kind of heard this, like vegetables are bad. Like I kind of knew they were bad. No, I never heard anything. Because do you remember when like they, like Lay's or some company, like they were touting, like we only fry in peanut oil or something like the way they market it. You're like, oh, they're doing something right. You know, I know what a peanut is. So, you know, like, sure. And in, in a lot of restaurants, um, in the culinary world, like most restaurants cook with grapeseed oil, uh, because of its high, high burning point and stuff. And it's very inexpensive. All of those are seed, all those seed, vegetable oils, sunflower, safflower, grapeseed, rapeseed there's like all these different things yeah all in the same category vegetable oil canola canola all in the same category but i didn't know like i kind of knew that they weren't great for me but i didn't know why i swear it's just been in like the last three months out of a three-year journey of keto that this conversation really became clear to me and like starting to check in on like yeah ranch dressing is keto yeah my favorite blue cheese dressing that i buy mayo is keto. And my favorite mayo thing, you know? yeah <laughs> I know. And I use mayo constantly and it wasn't, I just bought my first. So I was always buying the avocado mayo from the grocery store that's made by the big company. Yeah. I knew that that wasn't fully, uh, like I wasn't ignorant. I I do read labels and I knew that it wasn't fully avocado, but I still thought it was a healthier choice. The first time wasn't until about a month ago that I got the, like a full hundred percent avocado mayo for the first time in my life at Costco. And it's like, I, it's such an important change to make. And now like I'm making my own ranch. I've, I came up with my own ranch recipe. Um, just like little things like that. It's honestly better than what comes out of the bottle anyway, but it just, it's an that, extra step. And that's it's the point that step. I wanted to make. Like I, I tried because, you know, I'll watch other people on YouTube, keto people and things like that. And they're like, Oh, you know, we use only avocado oil, mayo and things like that. And, and it, it is great that now you can find 
companies that actually make the the full avocado oil mayos in the store and i bought one one time and i just did not like it and i was like oh no i want to like yeah, this because i know it's so much same. yeah I was like i know it's so much healthier but it yeah. is not the mayo experience i'm used to so i shied away from it for a few months after that but then it you know all of this information about how bad the seed oils really are just kept creeping up and i was like i'm going to make it a point to move away from that stuff because i got why i need to stay away from the sugar i got why i need to stay away from the carbs i gotta stay away from these oils you know and so one day i just you know looked up a recipe online about how easy because everyone's like, it's easy to make your own mayo and i was like no you talk about emulsions mm-hmm. that is not easy that's science you know <laughs> but i literally i was just like okay they say just crack an egg couple of you know olive oil you know pour 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 salt vinegar blah 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 and Zip. and i immediately <laughs> and, and, I was like, oh, my God. First of all, this is mayo. This is way more delicious than anything I uh, have ever bought. And it costs so much less. And I know exactly what's in it, you know. And so ever since then, just like you, I've been I've been making my own mayo. And even better, I love spicy food. So now I can just play with it and make it as spicy as I want, because anything I bought from the store, I'm going to have to doctor up anyway. (laughs) Now I can like literally make my own concoction of like this is the exact sauce. I want so I know I'm a I love I just did that I just made like a Cajun mayo it's so good yes. um uh, you know we you mentioned like making your own mayo and just for anybody listening I do have a um, homemade mayo recipe in my cookbook um if anyone's interested I also throw garlic into it so it's like a garlic mm. aioli but it's yeah. it's so it's so delicious you can I've leave the garlic out if you entire... don't want the garlic but you know those little cans of chipotle peppers and adobo? Mm-hmm. Like I dump an Hell entire yeah. can of those in there and oh, I make I the that. best uh, chipotle aioli ever. So yeah. Yes. I love that. Um, okay. So let's pivot for a second. Um, I kind of wanted to ask you a couple questions about because I, I don't really know the answers to this. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions sort of about your approach to keto. My approach to keto has changed a lot over the years. So you can kind of answer this either how you are today, or if you just have advice for other people who may be starting or later in their journey. But I want to talk to you about kind of like the data around keto. So I guess what I mean more is like tracking and counting macros. What's been your approach? Do you track? Do you count your macros? Has that changed over the course of the last four years of your keto journey? You know, the, yes, all of D, all of the above. Yes. So hmm. I remember when we were just in Clubhouse talking and you talked about how all those numbers stress you out and how you don't, you know, you feel rebellious yeah. if someone tries to like limit exactly what you try to eat. And I was like, <clears throat> I'm the opposite. <laughs> right. know, like I love the numbers, you know. So when I first started keto and realized and learned what macros are, because once again, I didn't know what macros were until I started keto. I knew how to count calories. Like I always knew how to keep an eye on what, like how much I was eating, but I was never taught to keep an eye on what my food was made out of, you know? Like I Mm. bet my macros were like 50% carbs at that point, you know, (laughs) because I did not know. Hell, and I didn't know what the food I was eating was made up of. So once I understood the ratios of like, oh, this is where the majority of your calories should come from fat and then protein and then carbs. Like, yes, I was a macro machine. And and it was really fun for me. I, I, I call it like macro Tetris. Like I loved being able to tinker with the with the amounts of things I was going to have and see how it could fit my numbers. And like I make I have my own Excel spreadsheet, uh, like mm. uh, my own meal planner and everything like it 
it brings me comfort to understand that. And I actually have that on my website. If you go to, you know, watchautumnketo.com, I have a keto macro calculator. And unlike the other calculators on the interwebs, you can download it. It's in Excel or, you know, like a Google uh, spreadsheet format. And you can tinker with the percentages of fat, carbs, and protein and all your information. Like that was important for me to truly internalize and understand wow. what was happening. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm obsessed. Because it's I not a it. one size fits all thing. It's not it, a like, one size I, fits all. I, I get exhausted when I see this like keto is 70 25 5 or whatever like you get into this day it's not a one-size-fits-all it depends on your body it depends on your goals so the fact that you yeah. allow somebody to um rework that template is really cool I just want I mean yeah it's no I've, it's my favorite thing ever and I was just like everyone you have to see this like I want I want to share it with you it's not this difficult because when I first started it was it was difficult to understand and I was like I want to make this easy the way when once I it clicked for me I was like I want to make sure this clicks for everyone else way quicker than I had to yeah, like figure yeah. out what happened so I am a meal planner like I am a, a meal prep and a meal planner so on Thursday we go grocery shopping on Fridays on Thursdays I will sit down at my spreadsheet I will think about you know here's the cool thing at this point you know four years in I'm just like hmm what do I want to focus on this week? Do I want to focus on higher protein? Do I want to focus on limiting my sucralose intake? Do I want to focus on that? Like I get to step back and, and figure out what I want to focus on. And then I base my meal plan and my macros to meet that goal. You know, I can honestly say like, it's been a little jarring, but I have, my focus hasn't been to lose weight. Like in a couple of months, like I've never been like, okay, how many calories are like, how little do I need to eat to lose weight? Like it's always focusing on how to make my food choices better and how to make my relationship with food better and how to be, you know, feel more satisfied. And so that's really what I've been working on. And so like macros and, and in planning will always be my first love, but I, you know, I'm really starting to enjoy looking at food for other reasons or, or like having different goals rather than eating to lose weight, you know? And right. so that's and I really love where that. I am. Yeah. I love that because, you know, I think a lot of people who hear the word keto, they immediately just think weight loss, diet, weight loss, period, the end. But yeah. it's so much more than that. And that's why I said a minute ago too, like when we talk about what are keto macros, that is so silly to say that keto macros means only one thing because yeah. Like I've gained weight on keto. I've lost weight on keto. I like, like that. It's such, yeah. and, and that's uh, I think why, a big misconception. And, and that is why I had to, and that is why I had to kind of be aware of my basal metabolic rate and how much, you know, because a lot of people they'll say, oh, macros are it, but calories are the devil. And I was just like, no cal like calories mm -hmm. or energy, whatever you want to call it, that matters because just like I can overeat on carby bad food, I can overeat keto food and it will result Absolutely. in weight gain, which is further away from my goals, you know? So Absolutely. having that picture is also what helps me stay in control of how much I eat. Like I want to be the type of person that eats intuitively one day, but you know, given the choice to eat more food, I will generally take that choice, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I want to go back to something you said, you kind of called it macro Tetris, which made me instantly kind of think of, well, a game, right? So Hello. the way that you gamified health is fascinating to me. And it somehow what I'm hearing is that it's something you enjoy. You like kind of being able to body hack your way. Like one week I want to do this, the next week mm -hmm. I want to do this and kind of like tune into your body. And you have found a very different way than I have about doing that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I just want to point this out. Even the way um, you like just hearing you talk, like when you said I'm a meal planner, I like I am 
all of the opposite of those things. And yet we're, we're both, both successful here. and we're nailing yeah. it. You know? yeah. so, <laughs> and I love that. I think that I think it's and, and I didn't plan that. I didn't actually like we, we've had so many discussions that I can't even keep track of any anything anymore. Um, but this is really cool because we basically are exact opposites in personality, not in the, I don't know, in the big picture, but in this sense, in the sense mm-hmm. of how we've approached and found a home in keto. The other thing I do want to point out, though, is that when I started keto, I did track. I, I was very precise, I would say, for about six months or so for the first big chunk. And there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, you have to figure out what you're doing. <laughs> like, well, I'll stop there. You have to figure out what you're doing. Yeah, I was like, full stop. Uh, yes, agree. Full stop. I, I was going to say more, and then I was like, no, wait. You, yeah, that's Just it. Stop. You have to figure out what you're doing, full stop. But then also, like, you have to figure out what you're doing wrong also from what you were eating before. Like, what we think of as a serving size or a tablespoon of peanut butter. Like, if I... Like I, I would think a tablespoon of peanut butter is you know, what I want it to be That's is good, this. Exactly. What it really is, is like a little ball. Um, and so I think tracking is really important at the beginning of any, I don't care if you're vegan or not. If you're trying to lose weight or if you have specific metabolic goals for health, let's just say, because um, you can have other metabolic goals that aren't just weight loss. But when you're really trying to do um keto especially as a medical tool in essence you do have to know what you're doing um and you have to be aware of what you're putting in your body like you said like no calories and calories out isn't everything but it is something it does play it it does really it's it's definitely a real factor i've also gained weight and lost weight on keto yeah. both because you, you can't know, overeat and, and, and you know and and so and i I, once again, I'm not one of those person to, uh, people to like demonize a certain word. Like I don't demonize the word diet. I don't demonize the word cheat. I don't demonize the word calorie, you know, but whatever way you want to get it through your head that makes sense to you. But I have started saying in reference to, uh, you know, calories in calories out, I'll just say energy in energy out. Like, you know, food Mm. is energy. Food is made of energy. When I move, I am expending energy. So the energy balance has to be there. Or, you know, either you intake more energy than you expend, you're going to put on either body fat, you know, it's going to store it, Mm. like your body's going to store that. If you expend more than you intake, your body is going to use some of the stored energy uh, to keep functioning, and that's where you lose fat. So I I even call it energy or something, but like, it's just, it matters. How much you eat matters. Well, and and calling it energy takes the taboo out of it, you Mm. know, because like, we just hear the word calories, and we just like, because... I mean, at least for me, I think my whole life, I always just thought dieting was just a matter of calories. And and like you're saying, it does matter. But there's also like, not all calories are the same either. Exactly. Um, And that's why macros are important to me. Because it's not how much you're eating. It's not just how much you're eating. It's where it's coming from. Exactly. Like I'm fine going over calories if those are calories from fat or even calories from protein. Like there, there is a difference not only in like how it's going to, you know, react to our body, but in terms of how it's going to actually kind of like play out <laughs> down the line when we yeah, look like at what our body can do with it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that. I've never heard, I mean, I've heard of calories as the energy you burn, but I really like that mentality of like taking the language and shifting it a little bit because um, it, it takes the demonization away from it a little bit and it allows you to kind of wrap your mind around it. Like when I do, when I'm very physical, I'm a lot more hungry. My body wants to refuel. It needs more energy. Um, and so I don't have to feel as much shame around, mm-hmm. 
that word as much as calories would seem kind of shameful. So um, I do like that a lot. That's some, that's, that's really cool. I think language matters. We, I, I really do. Language matters. You, I think it was you actually taught me recently because I was, I was just on my cheat week and a lot of people were like, Mike, stop calling it a cheat week, call it a treat week. And I don't have shame around it. I really don't. Cause it's like something that I've just like embraced and it doesn't bother me. And I don't think carbs are the enemy per se. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with any of the way, you know, like I, I'm in control. It's a, yeah, it's like, there's nothing wrong with planned occasional overindulgence. Right. You ain't, you ain't never well, going to convince and me I'm, otherwise, you know? And I'm never going to apologize for living life and like loving food. And ma- that is my life, you know? So I'm like, food is my world. So I'm not going to like apologize to me or anybody else about that. So I personally didn't think there was a problem with calling it a cheat week or cheat day, but I will say, even though I didn't think it was a problem, just hearing and having the discussion around, well, what if we changed it to treat? I actually, it still affected me positively. I was still like, you know what? This is a treat week. And I'm not going to apologize for that either. And I, but, I thought that you know, was really cool. Language I, but matters. See, but to me, I kind of, you know, I think a certain way of you're insinuating, at least when I hear that, I hear that the only way to have treats is to not have keto, is to be off keto, you know? Whereas mm. keto itself isn't the treat, you know, like, you know, and so I think when I think of treat, oh. I associate it with non-keto and that's not true. I don't want that. To, I don't want that to be the case. I want there to be my clean keto that I normally eat. And then I can have treats that are still keto, but still be within that lifestyle. And then, like I said, I don't, I don't necessarily call them cheat days either. I've just learned to call them red days. So in my, mm. in my um, community, I have green, yellow, and red days. Green days are 100%, you know, clean keto, stuck to my macros, stuck to my meal plan. Yellow days are still keto, might have thrown a Quest bar or two in there, you know, like might have got a little sure. loose with the ice cream, you know, the keto ice cream. And then red days are days where I'm not eating keto. You know? And so I have those planned green, yellow, red days already in my mind. And that way I don't have to feel any sort of way about you know, making those choices for myself. And so I think it's important to determine whatever is going to resonate the best with you. Like for me, calling it a treat day or a treat week, but associating that to non-keto, that wouldn't necessarily work for me because I need to keep thinking of keto as the treat as well and keep thinking of these, you know, other times in my life completely separate. That's also why I call it a keto vacation. You know, we talked about Mm. how if keto is home, it is perfectly normal and natural to take a vacation from your home. You know, no one looks at you weird from like, oh, my God, you're going to spend a week away from your home. How dare you? You know, it's normal to, to get out of your everyday routine and leave your home. And so, hey, if I want to take a keto vacation and I want to spend a week away from my home, then that's normal and natural. And I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it. And then there's home right there. Yeah, I'm getting right back to it. So that's the the, the language and the visual, uh, visualization that. that I use. Yeah. I love that. You know, you know, what's funny about taking a vacation is, I don't know about you, but by the end of the vacation, I can't wait I to go get home. back into my own bed. <laughs> I want to yes. go home, you know? So and that's that is exactly... the, that's what happened to me. And I'm going to yeah. take your language, but that's what happened to me during my red week <laughs> yeah. um, was I didn't even go the whole week. By day five, I was like, I am a sloth. I am over this. I feel like crap. I'm exhausted. I can't wait to go home. But at the same time, 
I love that reminder. I'm like, why do I do my, this to myself? I think it every single time, but it's like, oh, I'm so excited to go home. You know, like I just, it's yeah. just that game we play with ourselves, and you have to figure out what works for you. And that's really what has been working for me. Yeah, no, I mean, 100%. And, and again, like even hearing your language, how you like plan out your calendar for your red, yellow and green days. Again, I'm just sitting there like, that ain't me. Planning? That oh no. <laughs> planning i i live in like like on the edge my life is always like on the and you know the funny thing is that's my husband and i was like how did i marry a person that is so different from me you know but yes but like i am glad to be the planner you know but i but i've really learned to understand people that are not planners because yeah Mm -hmm. i live with one and i'm just like how is your life you don't know what you're gonna eat today you don't know what you're gonna do like what well and and not that this is keto related but my fiance is the exact opposite for me as well he is like you know very kind of like by the rules does everything proper he's just like a good boy <laughs> and i am a bad boy like i no. i just like don't follow the rules I've, no. I've called myself a rebel many times in the clubhouse room you know that yeah um and so i guess i'm bringing that up to say that it's not a surprise that we married or are like partnered with people the opposite of us because it, it brings us somehow as the entity somewhere in the middle exactly so it's important. that beautiful because if balance. i was free yeah, if I was free to be the lunatic that I am, um, my world would be chaos. I need that partner to ground me and to yes. keep me at center a little and bit. If, and if and I was you, as in, some way in my works. head, yeah, if I was as in my head and uptight without my husband reminding me, like, relax, calm down, take it easy, <laughs> like, I would drive myself crazy. So I agree, like, we need that balance in our life. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I like, though, um, a lot what you're saying that I, like I'm even absorbing this kind of idea of gamifying the data and kind of like, uh, I don't know, I just like I keep thinking about that, um, that macro Tetris game. I, I do think that's kind of cool. And maybe like some of that would help me when, when I did, like I said, when I started keto, I did track, but I didn't enjoy it. I did it like it was all part of that like willpower piece that is not sustainable. Mm. It was like that was keto as a diet for me. Whereas now I'm in keto as a lifestyle when things sort of shifted out of diet mode where I was like everything perfect. Um, and and now it's just a lot more intuitive, but I'm also a lot more informed. And yes. that and intuition, honest with yourself. That in- <laughs> yeah. And that intuitive eating yeah. didn't come overnight. Like I know what um i kind of like can like put together what my macros are and like randomly if i like make a dinner every once in a while maybe like once or twice a month i'll type it into my um tracking app and it'll be like 69 percent fat it's yeah. like almost Spot perfect on. yeah yeah because we you know i know what my body needs and i mm-hmm. sort of know how to assemble when i wrote my cookbook i didn't um plan the macros like i made keto food the way I make it for myself and created these recipes. And then after uh, I was done with the book, I calculated the macros. Very, everything I do, I do it with integrity. Like very clear. There's no bullshit in my macros. And and look, it's kind of shock. I have like a nutrition guide on my website. And so is everything 70%, 25%, five or whatever you want to say? No. There's a, but there is a lot that, fits strangely perfectly but there's also like recipes that include butternut squash and some things that are a little bit carbier but you know what mm-hmm. i'm okay with that and by giving people a nutrition guide it's kind of like you guys can find the macros that work for you kind of like mm-hmm. you're saying what are your goals this week this month this year 
Are you looking for higher protein or are you looking for moderate protein? Are you carb cycling and you're okay with some carrots? I have roasted carrots in the book. I have, I think, two dishes with butternut squash in the book. If that's not for you, there's 70 other recipes Just to look split. at. It's exactly. okay. Just split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And, and I'm th- very upfront about that. Yep. It's sort of an undiet diet book. It really is keto. It's really like, anyway, I didn't mean to talk about the book. My point oh, was that I've, got, I've gotten to a point where I kind of understand how to assemble a plate intuitively you know and, and but that and didn't that, happen overnight and exactly and another but you know i'm also at the same place if i if someone took away my my spreadsheets and my calculators i know exactly what to eat forever for the rest of my life how much of it to eat what the ingredients should be made of uh, like i have that internal skill so i love that like my tracking is a choice like my meal planning is something that i enjoy doing it's not something mm. that i have to do for fear that I would be doing keto right or wrong if I didn't. It's something that I look forward to doing and that brings me joy. So it's it's good to know that the the knowledge is there, the information and understanding is there, but now I get to use it to like play with it in a way that makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and I love that because now you don't have to do it, you choose to. It's almost like with the treat days or red days, like, you don't have to do it, but you choose to do it mm-hmm. and you're in control of that. So it's not a chore or a, or a problem. Yeah. Um, or you feel like a failure if it's something that you did. Like as long as you're sticking to your plan, yeah, even when your yeah, plan absolutely. is to go off plan, you still stuck to it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I'm no coach or, or nutritionist or anything, but I do recommend if people ask me in the beginning, tracking, I think is a very powerful tool. Um and, and I definitely recommend that to people starting. But but I, I also firmly believe just from my own story that the secret to longevity and to sustainability around keto is to find what works for you. Exactly. So we, we, we've talked about this before, but I feel like there's kind of two kinds of people. There's people that, and you mentioned this, like data and structure keeps them, drives them, encourages them, excites them. It's like you, it's, it's organization, it's structure, and they love it. And then it's like the stark opposite are the people like me. And it seems like there's very little middle ground. Do you agree with that? I it's do. Like you're, you're on one side of the fence or the other. Like Yeah, either, because, like, there are barely, I don't think there are any people that are like, mm, tracking, huh? take it or leave it. You know, like, it's just like, no, you've yeah. got to know. Or like, oh my God, tracking's the worst. I hate it. You know, like it is, it's just, it's one way mm-hmm. or or the other. And, you know, hey, if you're, if you're listening, watching, and you're in that medium, like, let us know. Like, you know, but like, I... I, I've realized that there's nothing wrong with being one way or the other. And as long as that way works for you and you are eating in a way where you feel good and accomplishing your goals, like I'm never going to be like, Oh, you're not tracking. Well, you know, that's not the way to do it. Like if you are doing you eating keto in a way that's allowing you to achieve your goals, that is the right way. More power to you. Yeah. I I always say like when people ask me, Oh, like I get these DMS like, Oh, I'm doing this, this, and this, am I doing this right? And I said, or, or am I doing this wrong? Cause something's not working. And I literally say back, the only way you can do keto wrong is if you don't love what you're eating. Mm. That is my belief. The only way to do keto wrong is if you don't love what you're eating, 
beyond that, you got to find what works for you. Exactly. There is so much food. Like keto food can be a treat. And we're not even talking desserts. Like I think a juicy ribeye covered in butter is oh, a treat. Oh, no. I, today, I just had like my right? favorite meal ever is taco tray. So I have this mm. huge bowl where I put lettuce and then like ground beef is my taco, uh, you know, meat topping of choice. Cheese, sour cream, just like all of the, I have some Quest chips, like all of these things. Like this is like my favorite meal, keto or not. Like I'm just like, I love this. And it is a Ooh, treat. And it and yes. it gives me that excitement, just like, you know, a non-keto. I, I don't even need to compare it to non-keto food because this is what excites me most, like my taco tray. I know. I know. And it's, I'm just, I just want to say we're on the same wavelength because literally last night, I would say once a week I do, um, I just kind of call it a taco bowl, but taco tray, taco, same well, idea. Because mine is so big, you know, that's what, like mine, yeah, I call yeah. it, it's a tray full of stuff, you know, because that's how much <laughs> food it is, you know? So I call I it my it. taco yeah. tray. Yep. I love it. I do chicken thighs. I love chicken mm. thighs. So I just boneless, I just like yep. season them up I, super aggressively. So they're super yep. flavorful, sear them until they're done cut it into cubes and then load the bowl up. Like yeah. just like you said, sour cream, cheese, like yeah. whatever, hot sauce, salsa, whatever. Yes. Um, so I love that. We're on the same page on that. It's one of my favorite things. I do it every week. It's like yeah. a $5 dinner and it's yeah. so good. Um, okay. Next question, man, I'm fired up. You're amazing. Um, <laughs> same kind of, um, cause as we were talking, I was thinking about this cause I'm curious if you're going to be consistent and I'm going to guess you are because you seem like you're very consistent. Um, but in the same elk, what about blood testing or like ketone testing? Where do you stand on that? So, you know, oddly and funnily enough, you would think that consistently I would be like, oh, I measure that every day because the data is Wait, fun and I'd love to have the data. Yeah, you're going to let me down. <laughs> because I, you know, but here, one th one place where I do, cons I do get data is, is my weight. Which, you know, but that doesn't have any bearing on my like level of success. Once again, those are just numbers that I like to know. But I would say that I test my blood sugar and my uh, and my ketones inconsistently, maybe like once every other two weeks or once a month, because mm. there's no like once you know, similar to like meal planning and, and macros, once you know what you're eating and what you're gonna be eating, like you know what it does to your body, you know? And so if I've tested my blood, you know, glucose and ketones on my taco tray, you know, before, if I'm eating this all week, why do I need to, you know, like what do I need to test for? Like nothing else is, is gonna be changing there, you know? And also, I also kind of like to shy away from the idea that the the higher or lower your ketones also indicates your level of success at doing ketosis, you know, or like being in ketosis, yes. right? And so I stay, yeah, I stay away from just that number two because if I'm, you know, if I if I'm in the zone and then I test my blood and it's a point six, I'm just like, come on, man. But you know, like it's that is nice to know information. And I do do it for my YouTube videos. Sometimes when I'm just like feeling, you know, crazy, but those are not numbers that I have to keep track of all the time. Yeah. Well, I do think just like with, with tracking, uh, and by the way, I'm going to convert you to a rebel. It sounds like you're halfway there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I do feel like you just nailed this because some, like there's so many other factors that go into the number that pops up on that ketone screen. Mm -hmm. Uh, and glucose level. There's so much other factors that fluctuate throughout the day. If your body's actually using those ketones, there's going to be less of them in the blood. 
Um, there's so many other factors and it used to really frustrate me. And this was earlier on. And I'd be like, I don't understand. I haven't eaten in 18 hours. Exactly. Doing that, doing it, that uh, rationalization uh, and that thing, you know, I was just like, I don't need that drama in my life. You know? So I, that's exactly I know, what it was for me. Yep. Yeah. What with ketone testing, one plus one does not equal two. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be troublesome for certain people. That yeah. being said, kind of like I was saying with tracking. Do you feel like it's a helpful tool in the beginning for somebody? Because I definitely think it's helpful to know and to kind of test if certain foods affect you in different ways. Yes. I feel like but you can't if you're lean eating, on it. If you're eating a specific of like food and you're testing for a reason. Yeah. Like I do that when I make my videos. I actually love like now that is fun for me. I'm like, OK, my fasting glucose is 80 and then I'm going to eat this and then let's see what happens. You know, like I love doing mm. that. But if I've been eating on plan, you know, and eating right for like four, five, six days and a week, I'm not just going to wake up and, and say, oh, let me test my ketones to see where they are. Like, because that has no bearing on the good things that I've just done the week before, you know? And so yeah. it's, it, and that's how, how most people feel about the scale. You know, I don't feel that way about the scale. I kind of feel that way about testing my ketones, you know? Because if I'm, right. if I'm like on a roll and I'm doing my fasting and I'm doing everything and for some reason that one moment where I take my blood ketones and it's not what I expect, I'll just be like, well, that's dumb, you know? And so yeah, yeah, it'll make yeah. me feel some sort of way, right? But in terms when you're just starting out and if you have a specific food that you want to test with and, and when you're just starting out, if you want to test with all foods, that's great. And I will say that when I did start out, I used to do it a lot more frequently. But now I kind of just do it sparingly if I'm curious or if I'm testing a specific food. Yeah, agreed. 100%. And you literally walked into my my last question about this topic the scale mm. again data it's, yeah. it's a lot of data it is. but again just like the same discussion i see people on instagram who like sometimes people like have a calendar and they put their weight every day and they're yep. cool with it and they like know they're gonna ebb and flow and it doesn't stress them out they like the data i swear to god i every time i'm about to step on the scale i actually start like kind of shaking. I get nervous. I get like a pit in my stomach because I'm terrified of what I'm going to see. It's too emotional for me. It had to go. Like yeah. I, I still do once in a while, once every two weeks at most, usually once a month at most. Um, but how, where are you at with this discussion? So I weigh myself every day. And and this is back to a data situation. It, it's not to measure what if what I did the day before was right or wrong. It's just to see how what happened the day before, plus all of the million other things that are going on in my body. Like, right. what does that reflect on in a number on the scale? And I kind of do that. I weigh myself every day. First, uh, number one, it is accountability. I, but I honestly, I can't say that I've ever been about to overeat a lot of food and been like, well, I do have to weigh myself tomorrow. And I don't want that. Like, it doesn't stop me. Like, but I just know that it's going to be there the next day. And it is what it is. It's just confronting me, you know, which I appreciate. But also it, it desensitizes me from that number because there have been certain points where I have been doing everything I know is right. I've been eating the amount that I want to eat. I've been eating mm. the macros that I want. I've been drinking my water. I've been doing everything and the scale either won't move or it'll go up. And 
I'm grateful that I, I'm logical enough to be like, well, that's wrong. You know, like, well, okay. Like, I don't still, I don't associate those actions with failure just because the number on the scale doesn't reflect it. I, I've learned to realize like, okay, so clearly the scale is not a reflection of whether or not I'm doing this right because I clearly am and the scale's not following. So now I just use it as a, as a tool of data every day. And I even, I make a game out of it as well. I'll step on the scale and be like, okay, that's what you want. That's what you want to tell me today. Okay. Bet. See you tomorrow. You know, like, and so it's just, I've really taken the power away from it and it's very freeing. Well, I'm very envious. Um, I, I heard somebody in one of our clubhouse rooms once say they love the scale. Was it coach E maybe who said they love the scale because if they're up, it motivates them to keep going. Mm -hmm. If they're down, it motivates them to keep, to keep going. going. Yeah. I, I am so envious because like I'm the opposite. If it's up, I'm like emotionally. Yes. Fucked. I did something like, wrong. And, I'm a failure. I did something wrong. It's going to put me in a bad headspace, which will mm -hmm. ultimately eventually lead me to poor decision making. Mm -hmm. If it's down, I'm like, oh, I did good last week. I can have a little extra X, yeah. Y, and Z. It puts me in a bad headspace. So I am so envious. But again, I'm using myself not to talk about myself or even to talk about you. I'm using this as kind of a, a way of showing how we do really have these very different approaches. And I think part of the trick here when it comes to like health is learning more about yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's funny how these discussions, yeah, we're talking about the scale we're talking about very practical things macros but what's really behind it all is like kind of a little bit of self-awareness and having the ability to say this is not healthy for me so i'm gonna have to find another way to make this work and or vice is, versa and that is so and that is why i'm so grateful to keto and, and, and about finding this way of eating that I realized doesn't have to look the same for everyone, but we can all be successful because I used to be so scared of certain foods. Like, so I'm the, I'm kind of a different from you. Like if I, if I gained weight, then yes, I would feel the same way. Like something I was doing was wrong and I'm a failure. But when I lost weight, it also gave me, a, you know, if I step on the scale and it's lower, it gave me anxiety of like, okay, now I got to do what it takes to keep it there and get it lower. So let me, let me mm. like restrict even more, you know, like I start to get obsessed with, you know, fixated on making sure that number keeps going down. Right. And so I, you know, and, and back w before keto, whenever I used to diet, have my hundred calorie packs, have my Oreos and my uh, chicken breast and broccoli, I used to truly think that eating those foods was the only way to lose weight. And it's just like, even to the point where it's like, okay, my 100 calorie packs of Oreos, those help me lose weight. I'm not gonna substitute a 100 calorie pack of Chips Ahoy because I don't want anything to change. You know, like I would get so fixated on, these are the only foods that I can eat that are causing me to lose weight. Whereas with keto, it's just like the world is my literal oyster. I know that I can eat whatever I want that falls into these guidelines and I'm still going to be successful. So just because I might have lost weight eating eggs last week doesn't mean I have to eat eggs because that's the only way I'm going to lose weight. It's like mm. I know that like I'm truly turning this into a lifestyle. This is how I can eat all the time, all of these different foods at my disposal, and I can feel good about myself and I can reach my results. And so that's just it, it was just a game changer for me. I love that so much. And, and keto definitely does that. It really makes us 
learn so much about ourselves Ourselves. and and, uh, the food but then it's like when you start going what's behind the food it's like we learn a whole lot more like i feel like keto like allows people to tune into their body um and their kind of their self in a totally new way which is why when we were talking about the ketone testing i i kind of learned to start listening to my body when i stopped testing my ketones Mm -hmm. now again when i first started it was helpful for me to know what was working, what wasn't. But when I cut it out, I started really listening, tasting, like it sounds weird, but I can taste when I'm in ketosis. Um, Just like these little signs, like I can kind of feel it and taste it. And um, I think it's like one of these other things. We kind of started the conversation here. Like, uh, you know, you come for the, for the weight loss, but you stay for everything else. And mm-hmm. like this sort of mental, emotional, and physiological language that I've developed around myself and my body is totally new thanks to keto. It really is. Yeah. And, and, and also because, and it's helped me discover, you know, new things about myself. I think when you're overweight, you know, you put so much emphasis on it's the weight that is stopping you from being the person Mm. that you want to be, or your inability to control yourself. That's stopping you from being the person that you want to be looking the way you want to look, feeling the way you want to feel. And keto really, I'm grateful to keto because it showed me that it wasn't the weight. Like it's me. You still got to turn inward and look. I remember, you know, when I lost a significant amount of weights, you know, the first time, because we're all up, we all weigh more than we did at our lowest, you know, that's just how the journey goes. Right. And we're all still on that journey. But I remember being back at my lowest weight, thinking that like, when I hit this number, then I was going to look the way I wanted to look. And I hit that number and I looked in the mirror and I was just like, you know, this still isn't, you mean to tell me I did all of that and it still isn't it? It's like, turned out I needed to shave the sides of my hair. Turned out I needed to get more tattoos and to color my hair. Like that is what I was seeing. It wasn't the weight. It was like, I still had to find out what I wanted to look like and who I wanted to be. And you think that the weight is going to turn you into that person. But keto shows you that like, oh, your weight's just a number. It's going to go up and down. Like you, you can yeah. still focus on other things. And, and that's really like, I, I look the most like myself <laughs> that I ever you know, have felt in my entire life. And that's even 20 yeah. pounds higher than my lowest weight, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely um, had a crash course in exactly what you're talking about because I always thought like, well, I don't love who I am. So as soon as I lose the weight, I'm magically going to like, then I'll love it. Yep. Then I'll feel sexy. Then I'll yep. feel whatever it might be. Exactly. And then you lose the weight and you're like, wait, this is cool. I look better, but I, I still don't feel I, any different about myself. I don't feel it's, any different, you know, and that's exactly what it different. is. And it, and it really, yeah. and, and it forces you to like look in other directions, which I'm so grateful because until you get to the point where you lose weight, you always think that's what it is. And so you never even take the time to look in any other directions, yeah. you know? And so yeah. that's just yeah. another thing. Well, it, it's know. easy. It is easy exactly. to blame the weight. Like exactly. it's not fun being heavy. It, physically mentally emotionally Mm -hmm. it's like professionally even Mm -hmm. you you can name the reasons why it's hard to be heavy um and so it's easy to blame it and i'm not saying that's not a very real thing it physically hurts to be overweight Mm -hmm. It, it physically hurts i remember the soreness and um you know losing my breath going up the stairs or whatever i understand that i'm not saying that stuff isn't very real but there's something more behind it like if you feel like you're maybe not getting that promotion because you don't look the part. There's a chances that 
it's not the way you look. It's the way the energy that you put out because maybe you feel small inside. Exactly. It's the way you feel feel about how you look and the way you feel about how you think others feel. Exactly. And that energy is perceived. Confidence, you know, like I've worked with people that I was like, oh my God, they're so confident. They're so good looking and tall or this or that, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And it's like they exude a certain confidence that you're like envious of. Yep. And that the truth is, is like we all have the ability to have that confidence yeah. if we yeah, if choose we, to. If we choose to. And, and you know, and that's it. And it's attractive. It draws you in. You're just like, wow, I could just yeah. focus on this person because it's like it's freeing to watch someone operate, you know, in their element with like no worries of how other people perceive you. And that's true confidence, you know, being able to be your fullest, truest self with no worry about what other people think. And yeah, and that's that's my life goal every day. Yeah. I love it. Oh my gosh. What an amazing conversation, Autumn. Um, I thought this was really fun. I think uh, I'm taking away a lot of knowledge out of this. And I I think this idea of, um, you know, this sort of dichotomy between maybe two different personality types, even that's a generalization. If you're listening, you could be anywhere in between. Like even with, even with I'll use you, Autumn, as the example, I was expecting you to say same thing. You check your weight every day. You check your macros every day. But you don't check your ketones every day. You surprise me there. And that's the point. Gray area is fantastic. We don't have to always make perfect sense. Find the keto that works for you. And we can still be be honest with yourself. Yeah, 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 make it work. Um, This was really fantastic. Give us, uh, I know you said it earlier, but uh, tell our friends where they can find you both on YouTube and online. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me everywhere online at Watch Autumn Keto. So that's my YouTube channel, Watch Autumn Keto on Instagram, www.watchautumnketo.com for that macro calculator if you want to play some games, you know. Uh, so definitely find me anywhere there. I would love to follow up chat if you have any questions or want to, you know, learn a little bit more about me and my journey. You can definitely find me on the internet at Watch Autumn Keto. Amazing. Yes, guys, please follow um, Autumn. She's just such an amazing person so sweet so knowledgeable so non-judgmental um thank you clubhouse app for <laughs> making know, us kind of right? face to face we both knew each other but we had no connection mm-hmm. and uh, it really brought us together i I'm, I'm so appreciative that you were able to come and spend some time with me today um and guys please stay tuned because in a minute i'm gonna kick autumn off the camera we're gonna kick her out and then we're gonna do a little bonus episode over at Patreon, patreon.com slash chef Michael, where I'm gonna do a little bonus episode and give you my insights and thoughts to everything that we just talked about without her in the room. So awesome get, secrets. You know, Wait a minute, a, I have to go over to secretive. Patreon. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um guys, uh also I'm gonna have about a bunch more information. I'll also put some links um about autumn at uh my website, chefmichael.com slash podcast and that's chef-michael.com slash podcast like i said go to patreon.com slash chef michael i know i'm throwing a lot of information at you but patreon.com slash chef michael for those bonus episodes um and it also helps support the podcast and keep the lights running i'm just doing this as a passion project but it costs money to keep these cameras running so um if you guys are able to support me a little bit goes a long way i will see you over at Patreon. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Redmond Real Salt, for sponsoring this series. If you don't already, make sure to get yourself some Redmond Salt for your cooking. It's the best way to get in those electrolytes right through your diet. No supplementation needed. Go to redmond.life, not redmond.com, redmond.life to pick up your supply and put in the discount code Chef Michael for 15% off. And if you really want to try some more real keto food, maybe you're picking up a copy of this 
little thing right here. New Keto Cooking, my Hello. cookbook, which just came out a few months ago and is making waves in the keto community because it takes really a new approach to keto food. It's just real delicious restaurant quality food that anyone can make at home with super simple, regular grocery store ingredients. And uh, it's really just got a lot of heart and soul in it. So if you guys are interested, you can find that on Amazon or anywhere else books are sold. Autumn, I love you. And I will talk to you very soon. In fact, tomorrow morning tomorrow. on yep. Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you guys for listening and for tuning in today. Um, I hope you liked this episode and I will see you guys. If not over at Patreon, I'll see you on the next episode. Bye guys. Bye.